What's up, nerds and nerdettes? We are here on a very special episode, and we are joined by a very special guest, the head promoter and founder of Fanboy Expo. That's right. Why don't you uh, go ahead and take the time to uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm David Hainan. I'm the uh, promoter slash uh, producer of all the Fanboy Expo events. Great. And so how exactly did Fanboy start? Like, what, what's the history of Fanboy and what is it exactly that you do as the promoter? Uh, well, as the promoter, I pretty much uh, plan the event from start to finish every year and, and in every city. So um, almost everything uh, has to run through me um, just because of how connected everything is. Um, you know, everything from the vendors to the attendees to the celebrities, they're very and it, it, I need to be involved in that decision um, just so that we have a show that, that I feel like it's going to run smoothly. And we've done, you know, we've done probably 35 or 40 of these uh, mm-hmm. now over the last uh, going on 11 years. So um, usually... I know what's going to work and what's not. You know, a lot of times somebody like the convention center will come come to me and be like, okay, we plan on doing this. And I'm like, that's not going to work. We're not doing that. We, you have to do this instead. And they'll be like, no, 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 we got to do this. And I'm like, nope, it's not going to work. You have to do it like this. And it's just because we've tried that before at some point and we know it doesn't work, you know? Yeah, so gotcha. um, so that that's pretty much what my job is. And um, the convention itself, Many people around the East Tennessee area think that we are uh, uh, somehow connected with uh, um, the AdventureCon uh, shows that were happening in the early 2000s, and we are not. They actually uh, um, were a show that ended in maybe 2010, and, um, and we started in 2012, and I had a buddy um, that kind of knew a little bit about the business. Um, in uh, East Tennessee, actually knew a lot about the business. And I just said, uh, you know, I knew Tennessee was a good area. I had been a vendor there before at the Adventure Cons. And uh, I just said, hey, let's do our own convention. And I had, I had no idea what it was, so. And here you are. And here we are. Yeah, that <laughs> first year was brutal. Absolutely brutal. So Knoxville is pretty much driven by you've been doing things in Knoxville, but like what goes into your decisions on other cities and other possible locations and extending it to other places? What, what catches your eyes about certain cities? Well, you know, we, we, for a long time, we were trying to stay on top of, of what cities did not have either a major convention or didn't really have something that is kind of like what we do. Um, but had the either the population or the uh, like the nerd crowd that yeah. would support it, and that kind of drove us um, to uh, to expand into the into those cities. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. A lot of times we are we're we're just trying different areas to see what kind of a, a response that we get. And usually we know at the Sunday of the first show, whether or not we're going to come back again, just because of how the crowd reacted. So there's obviously been some cities that you're just like, yeah, we're not coming back here. Yeah. And believe it or not, Nashville is one of those that were just, we were like, we're not coming back here. 
So, um, and it, they just, it's weird because you would think a place like Nashville would be such a huge market. Um, but there's a lot of, dis- there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. There's no- nothing against the Nashville people. They're, they're great. But um, Nashville is kind of one of those places, kind of like Vegas is, kind of like LA is. There's so much going on. It's really difficult to, to get people connected with what you're doing. Um, but the other, the other big problem in a place like Nashville is doing the show is so expensive because uh, everybody wants to do their convention in a place like Nashville. So, so the, um, the hotel rooms are higher, the event space is higher, the buying a hot dog at the event is higher than, you know, so it's, it's all of those things. And we have to, we have to factor all of that in when we're planning a show. Wow. So as the promoter of the show, and you know, you said all the decisions have to go through you when you're planning your guest list for your celebrity guests. And, and that's obviously a huge factor in in promoting the show. Like, Hey, we got this person Mm -hmm. that's going to draw the people in. So do you try to book your guests with a certain theme in mind? Uh, Yeah. I mean, we always have, we have the staples of uh, either genres or fandoms that we always try to have. We always try to have uh, wrestlers out there. We always try to have star Wars. Um, We always try to have like voiceovers from like Disney or, you know, Um, but yes, um, we, from the beginning, we kind of made a decision or really I made the decision to, to really attract a little bit older of a geek crowd um, so most of what you'll see with us is a lot more nostalgia based, uh, rather than what's happening, what's really hot right now. And th- that's by design for a couple of reasons. One is because, um, uh, a crowd of people like me typically will have more money than a, a crowd of 20 year olds. And, and we want them to come in there and spend money with celebrities and with the, the vendors and with the artists and, you know, spend money in the city. And th- th- it's this whole big um, this whole big thing that, uh, you know, 20 year olds come to the door and they just don't have as much money to spend. So that was one thing. But the other thing is when we first started doing the shows, um, the walking dead was really hot. Like, and those guys, those guys had really broken out and really actually helped, um, the industry quite a bit because they were the first really big TV show that was having their celebrities come out to shows. And then it got followed up by, you know, uh, uh, all the rest. I mean, you Arrow and everything else. Um, but the problem is when you book uh, somebody from an Arrow or from Walking Dead and they're still a working actor, there's a really big high chance that they're going to cancel on you if they get some other kind of work. So we try to book to avoid that because, yeah, you you may want, you know, Norman Reedus at your show. But it doesn't do any good if he cancels three days before the show, you know, oh, so, yeah. Lord, yeah. so it's a, it's been real strategic for us to be able to do that. And the other thing, too, is um, I, I have never really wanted to uh, to compete any more than I have to with the the big what I call the corporate cons, the, the conventions that are owned by owned by big corporations, because I, I can't compete with them. Like the, the only way that I can do that is to be different um, and to be more appealing in a different way than uh, than what they're doing so following up on that on that question about booking the guests and all that stuff and and you don't have to you know name any names or anything like that of course but have you ever had to consider ego and personality conflicts and like you know this celebrity like for example the star trek guys the old school star trek guys 
everybody knows they don't get along. Yeah. There's a lot of wrestlers who bash each other on podcasts or in their books or whatever. So do you ever have to consider that when you're trying to plan your guests? Yes, we definitely have to consider that as we did actually last October, because we did have George Takei and William Shatner and uh, Walter Koenig there. And while they would still be in the same room together, they would not appear for a photo op together. And uh, which is a shame for all the fans because uh, what a, what a great, oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're right at the end of all of those careers. What a great photo opportunity, but they, they, they just, they wouldn't do it. So it's definitely something that we have to consider. Um, and a lot of that stuff um, like that one is a very public kind of feud. I don't, I have no idea what the feud is about. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, but that's very public. Um, but there's a lot of them that are behind the scenes that even I don't know about until I book them and they're like, I don't, I don't like that guy. I'm not, I'm not going if you have that guy there. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely has. The wrestlers are really not that bad about it though. Cause even if they, even if they have heat with another guy, they understand what the fan wants to see. Usually now, there's some exceptions to that, but most of the time they'll be like, no, nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know? Well, and I think so, that comes from they're in a world where, it's their job. They have to work, even if they right. don't like the person. They have to work. Right. They have to work with them, and they they have to get in the ring and and actually work with them. So standing next to them for pictures, not a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a sad thing to hear. As a there's got to be those moments where a fan would be like, "You couldn't set that aside for one picture." You know? Yeah. Weekend. I, well, you know, like, usually, and this is from top to bottom. Every guest that we have. Um, you, when I work with them, I'm either like, man, I'd really like to get to know them better. They're really cool. Or I'd be like, nope, we're not having them again. So it, that, and that's, 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 it. it's one or the other. And, and the fans, like a lot of times the fans don't see it, which is good because, you know, they are actors. So they get out there and they, they put on their face for the fans and they, and they do what they're going to do. And, and God bless them for it because that's what, that's, that's all the fans need to see, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know that uh, for the for the better part of the past three years, the COVID pandemic was a big part of all of our lives. Um, how did the fanboy experience live on during the heat of the pandemic? We had a we've had a really rough couple of years, um, but when we when the when it first hit, and we had to move the uh, the first couple of shows because we didn't know what was going on. Um, we got hit hard because I mean, a lot of people and rightly so they wanted their money back because they didn't know what was going on. And, and we tried to be as open about that as, as we could listen, if you guys can keep your tickets, we would love it, but we'll give you your money back if, if you need your money back. But I didn't want the whole thing. There was some conventions that just shut down. They just completely yeah. shut down for a year, year and a half, two years. Some of them, two years. I mean, even San Diego Comic Con, two years, just shut it down. And uh, I wanted to stay connected with uh, with everybody that usually comes to the show. So what we started doing was the what we called the fanboy signings. And during the whole pandemic, uh, I traveled all over the country doing uh, autograph signings um, with different celebrities. Um, and you could go online and, you know, you could send your stuff in or you could buy an eight by 10, you can get it personalized, you could get it, you know, authenticated, all, all of that. And then I would do the signing uh, and then come back home here to Vegas and spend the next five days mailing out like crazy to get everybody their stuff. So 
it was uh, backbreaking work and it didn't really make us any money because um, we would have to commit to a certain number with each celebrity. And if mm-hmm. we didn't hit that in sales, well, then I just have to pay for those and I just have them in stock, you know. Whoa. So, uh, so we didn't really make much money out of it. But what it did do was it kept everybody engaged on the Facebook page, on Instagram, on the website, you know. And, well, I, and people were really excited about, about some of the signings we did. I can tell you personally, it, it paid off I, because because of that, I have a Jim Cummings autograph on a Darkwing Duck picture and a personalized video. Yeah, I, well, and it, that probably didn't come from us, though. It was a personalized video. That probably came from like one uh, because there was a few of them doing it. So it, that might have come from like GalaxyCon or something like that. So. I can't remember, but my f- now fiance, uh, she did it for a birthday present because we yeah. didn't attend any it, cons. Because- it was right. And it was really the best way for us to stay connected with you guys to be able to say, hey, we're still here. We're still working for you guys. Uh, we're still trying to make sure that you guys get your fix on the, this fandom stuff. And we'll see you as soon as we can get back to in-persons. Wow. All right, David, I got to ask this question because I know what it would be like in some cases for my friend Tyler uh, here and I. I've been to a lot of conventions, right? And I've had a lot of celebrity encounters one way or the other. And there's been a few times where I've it's been my turn or I've been face to face with the person. And sometimes unexpectedly, I'm just completely starstruck. Like, Duh. you know, have you, you know, rubbing elbows with all these people. Have you ever had an experience like that where you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm talking to this person. And you just sort of stumble all over yourself because you're so starstruck. It's never happened in person. And I think that's because I'm, I'm working. So, um, it just, it doesn't hit you the same way, but I will tell you that like the one time that I can say that I was just like, Oh my gosh, well, I, I can't believe that this happened was uh, a few years ago when I was in the beginning negotiations with, uh, uh, to have Gene Simmons come out to the show. And I was going back and forth in email with his assistant, which I'm pretty sure was him, but, um, <laughs> and then just out of the blue, I got this restricted phone call on my phone. So I answered it and he was like, Hello, David. This is Gene Simmons. Wow. And I was like, what? And we we had about a 25 minute conversation, uh, not only about his appearance and about the show, but just about life in general. So um, and I'm not even the biggest Kiss fan in the world, but um, it's Gene Simmons on the phone with me, you know. Oh, yeah. So yeah. And <laughs> I, I will say the only other thing that um, it's not really like a um, starstruck moment, but there are. Um, relationships that I establish with some of these guys, especially if we have them multiple years, league majors is, is one of those because we've had them multiple times. And I, I sometimes think to myself, like I'm, I'm friends with Lee majors. Like, yeah. So that is sometimes those, and there's not very many of those. There's only a few. Lee is one of them. Bruce Kulik is another one. And I actually, um, you know, as we got things started before we did Fanboy, um, uh, I had a couple like for one, you know, that I, I, if we see each other, we'll hang out together, we'll go to dinner, we'll, you know. And so when I have those, um, Sid Haig was another one. And those are the ones that I'm kind of like, I, I'm sitting here with Sid Haig, you know. 
Aww. so it's it's not it's not starstruck it's just like how lucky am i to be able to uh um to do this with such interesting you know really interesting people so well the horror fan in me just became jealous when you mentioned sid haig <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that's awesome <laughs> sid, really sid awesome. and bill are the are, are the best guys ever i i I love Bill, and I'm I'm so sorry that uh, we don't have Sid anymore. I know that's a heartbreaking one. Yeah, um, if you can um, share some things, what are some future plans for Fanboy Expo that may be coming down the pipeline? Well, I will tell you this, and by the time you guys air this, it'll it'll be announced. But while I was scrambling to get back to get this interview in with you guys i have been i've spent the last four or five days exactly working on one more guest for this year's fanboy and it's a it's a big so uh this uh thursday july 21st and uh we will announce it uh in the morning we'll Uh, announce it so and it's it's one of the it's a it's a guest that i've been working on for uh, a few months ago, and the deal kind of fell apart a little bit, but then they came back to me because they were available still, and um, wow. I thought, okay, this might be something. That, and just in case we lose one of our biggies this year, this would fit in there. So let's—it's a possibility. Um, but it, it, we're pushing it through, and it looks like I'll be announcing it in the morning. So just hours away. It, it was really difficult to put together for, for this appearance, but I thought, you know what? If it's if they're available, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. As far as in future uh, fanboys, we are actually going to change our format just a little bit um, starting next year. Well, actually starting kind of in, uh, in at the Indianapolis show this year. And um, it's not I mean, it, it's really not going to affect anybody too much in a negative way. It's going to be a positive thing. But we're going to uh, we usually have anywhere from 40 to 60 guests at the Knoxville show. Yeah. And uh, and then also the uh, the artists. And that always has worked out really well for us. The Knoxville crowd really likes to be able to mingle and meet a lot of different guests. The problem is, is that in our current environment, um, flights and travel are about double what they were even six months ago. Yes. So it, it's always been a real challenge getting people in and out of Knoxville um, because our airport there is just, it's just small. Yeah. So, so with that said, a normal flight from uh, LA to Knoxville usually would run you um, almost double what a flight from like LA to, to uh, LA, New York. So um all these big major markets were actually not spending as much money as I did on flights because that it was easier to get. And there's, and there's absolutely nothing uh, direct from LA to Knoxville ever. Yeah. So it's always, it's always been a challenge and people uh, that'll listen to this. Some of them will understand that challenge because they'll show up on Sunday at two o'clock or two 30 or three o'clock. And the guests they wanted to meet is already gone. That's because they earlier flight because their later flight got canceled or that you know so it's always kind of been a challenge for us well that has been just blown three times what it was before so between the gas prices and the prices of flights but also because of the number of flights we have where we used to have 
you know, five or six flights out of Knoxville on a Sunday. Now we have like two. And once those are filled up, they're filled up. That's it. So, so what we're, what we're going to have to do to kind of combat that is we're going to reduce the size of our guest list um, starting next year, but we're going to increase um, the level of guests. And I, not that I want to, not that I want to uh, say anything disparaging against, you know, some of the, what we would might, some people might call a smaller guest, but guests, guests that have a bigger impact um, because it's, it's actually going to benefit us to grow the show. um, But also we, we just time everybody in and out. Yeah. You know, so that'll, that'll be changing. Um, So instead of, instead of being 40 to 60 guests, there'll be, you know, 30 to 40 total guests. So it really won't impact um, too much. It'll just be uh, a little bit like, whoa, I can't believe that that person is sitting there, which I mean, I hope people get that already from, from oh, yeah. Midway and, and East Tennessee. Oh, so. listen, I, <laughs> I've had great experiences at, at your conventions over the years. I mean, and even like, guess I was excited to meet, but like walking away, having such an incredible experience, like, for example, um, Doug Jones is one of my favorite encounters that I've mm-hmm. ever had of all time, just like the sweetest man ever. Rowdy Roddy yeah. Piper, who I was fortunate enough to get to meet him uh, at your show like a couple weeks before he passed away. Yeah. yeah. So that was, the, that was the same one I met Eric Balfour and uh, Edge, and they were just delights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just wonderful people. And that's the same thing. Like we've had James Marsters a couple times from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Fantastic guy. You know, so. We that's we want to focus more on those experiences um, to make sure that not only that you get the autograph and the photo op that you want, uh, but that you get it at a good price and that you get the experience like like you have this edge experience you can take with you for the rest of your life or this Roddy Piper, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we like. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So we've been talking about the future. And let's talk about the present. So we've got a convention coming up in two weeks in Knoxville. Uh, yeah. What What are we excited about? What's happening? What can people expect? Who can they meet? What's What's the deal? So our headliner this year, our, our biggie this year is Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future and Adam's Family and Taxi and, and all of those. He'll be there Friday and Saturday. Uh, we've got Lee Majors coming. Um, Six million dollar man. We've got guys from mash uh, for the ladies and uh and actually me too uh we've got a, a reunion from a uh, little house in the prairie that is very rare they just started doing this kind of stuff um we've got the chips guys uh, <laughs> my mother is so excited about eric estrada like the price of admission just for her to lay eyes on the man is worth it alone but he, she's i can almost guarantee you he will um if she's lays eyes long enough he will say come on over come on over and he'll give her a big old hug he, <laughs> yeah he's the he's really the best she's um, actually met him once before but she's excited to do it again yeah he's he's really fantastic we've got uh morgan fairchild um from mm-hmm. the 80s we've we've got for the younger crowd we've got uh the cast of avatar um the voiceover guys from avatar coming out we've got brett the hitman heart and godfather and rakishi and jerry the king lawler and there's uh there's something for everybody. Uh, Ricky Steamboat too. Ricky Steamboat's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Now 
he uh he married a knoxville girl so uh he's i'm sure he's happy to be there oh he yeah did. I, and he lives he lives just outside of town so uh he's so a great guy. his is probably a pretty easy easier get than it used to be yeah yeah for sure <laughs> we're also stoked about keith david uh coming down oh. because and look so like i know who he is and everything but i went and looked him up the other day just as a refresher and he has done so many incredible things that are relevant like right now like video games and movies um man he's in uh he was in star girl so like he's a part of the dc like television universe Mm -hmm. he's done family they live they live which speaking of rowdy rowdy piper that's yeah i mean that's a favorite so for for me it's they live is my big keith david and and platoon um but he you know, because we'll run an ad like on Facebook and then I pay attention to like all of the comments we get. Most everybody is uh, like newer stuff, like the he's the arbiter on Halo yes, he um, and Dr. he's Phil the Lyon. president. He's the president on something. Rick and, and he's Morty. Dr. Fac- yeah, Rick and Morty. Dr. Facilier in uh, uh, Princess and the Frog. So he he's was got- Goliath when I was a kid in Gargoyle. Right, he's and Goliath that- in Gargoyle. Ooh. He's got this, uh, uh, he does the voiceover for like the, um, the earth show, like we talk about, you know, yeah. earth changes and everything. Yeah. So he's just, I mean, the guy's just got so much under his belt. So, uh, uh the, we're really the, excited. We've been trying to get him. Boondocks. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we've been trying to get the guy to come to a show for uh, a couple of years now and, uh, he, He's just so busy that he always has to cancel. So we're really excited that he's not actually going to be there. So uh, the Boondock Saints is another favorite movie of mine and, and a lot of people I know. So uh, David De La Roca's, Roca is coming and Sean Patrick Flannery, who was just in The Boys, the newest season of The Boys. Yeah. So yeah. that's huge. And, and that, went, that went under our radar, too. Like it was like we were doing our boys episode, like rehashing the the season three. And Josh was like. Did you catch that he was the Sean Patrick Flannery was was gunpowder in the boys? And I said, yeah, no, it just slipped by me because there's already so many people in the show. Yeah. And he's a great guy. And then also you've got uh, Adasa, who is uh, uh, one of the voiceovers from Encanto. And she is just the best. She won't talk about Bruno, though. So don't even ask. She won't talk about Bruno, but she'll make you she'll make you sing it with her. So um, <laughs> she she really is the best. She's uh, she's so gentle and sweet to all the young ones that come up and meet her. And um, if you've got kids that are into that movie, you uh, have to at least go at least go say hi. And she's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I've got a little one that'll be very excited about that. So yeah, yeah, I I have a fourteen year old that's very excited to meet her. So. <laughs> Oh yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm a high school teacher. So, you know, and, and it's, a, I'm a fine arts teacher. So I've got kids walking down the hallway singing. We don't talk about Bruno for six months or so. So, you know, it's just a normal <laughs> day for me. Wow. So beyond that, you know, uh, we've got Thomas Jane from the original Punisher movie showing up. Thomas Jane, uh, also a kind of a rare guy to get out because he's so busy uh, from he's Punisher he was in Stephen King's The Mist. He was in that Deep Blue Sea with the, the giant shark. Um, he's in The Expanse. Uh, he's got a lot of great credits and really an underrated actor, in my opinion. Um, and he has been posting like crazy on his Instagram. So he seems really excited to come to Knoxville and meet everybody. Wrestling, voice actors, 
anime, Mandalorian, old school TV shows, Star Trek, Pirates of the Caribbean, you name it. And you guys have got it covered pretty much. So it's going to be a great show. Tyler and I are really stoked about uh, being the MCs for the cosplay uh, contest. I'll tell you, we're a little nervous about we're not big anime guys like we're major nerds, but we're not anime guys. And I know there's going to be a lot of anime cosplay and they're going to look at me uh, with distaste when I mispronounce their character names. So I'm sorry in advance, guys. Because they're <laughs> say this is uh, Nigashori Takabami, whatever. And they're going to say, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's the second one. He, that one's from the first season. And you're going to be like, ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We are very excited and we're very thankful um, to, to even just get to be a part of it. Uh, we're also going to have a booth. So if you're listening to this, come say hi to us. Uh, we can't wait to see everybody. To uh, I say all the time that anytime you get a chance to, to get a nerd herd together celebrating their passions, uh, it, it's hard to, sit, it's hard to, to find anything like it. Uh, the energy that's in the room, uh, just in the couple of fanboys that I've been to, um, just the energy is amazing. Uh, but before yeah. we leave, uh, we like to, to ask our guests uh, some questions of sort, um, sort of a homage to Inside the Actor Studio, if you will. It's okay. uh, so, like rapid fire. It's a rapid fire. So, all right. Who is your favorite superhero? Um, when I was growing up, it was Incredible Hulk. Nice. Who's your yeah, favorite cause... villain? Ooh, that's a tough one. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Oh, <laughs> nice. Good one. All right. Yeah, it's got a Darth Vader. So much, uh, so much character to him. Yeah, and I will have to say, uh, you know, wherever you stand with like since Disney took over Star Wars, they've done some great things and some bad things, but they've never done bad to Darth Vader. No, Every no, he gets moment uh, he's gotten. Yeah, it's been I, amazing. And this isn't a rapid fire question, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I cannot stand episodes seven, eight, nine. Uh, I I think they're terrible. But but I absolutely love Mandalorian, and I loved Book of Boba Fett, and I actually Good, really, yeah. really, really enjoyed uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yes, that's awesome. So here's the bit. Here's a big question. Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. I, DC is too uh, dark for me. Ah. It's just too dark. I mean, I, and and I, I love the characters. I, I love the, the concepts that they have there, um, except for I'm not a big Superman fan because he yeah. just, there's, there's no weakness. So We aren't either. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, the Marvel guy. Uh, He's the DC guy, though. And, and, and Batman is just a little bit too complex. Um, I, I like the Marvel just because it's it's still kind of cartoony and it makes me think about being a kid. Okay. Very fair. Like that. Like uh, that. All-time favorite franchise? Lord of the Rings. Yes! You Absolutely. are, you are right up our alley, my friend. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, when we see you in person, I got to show you my Gandalf tattoo. And there's a great story that goes along with it. Trust me. So okay. we'll, we'll have to meet up. <laughs> yeah. uh, and finally, if you could have any superpower from any universe of pop culture, what would it be? Um, I Okay, so immediately I would think I'd want to be like, uh, uh, like 
uh, Jean Grey or Professor X where I can like read people's minds and kind of manipulate or whatever. But then I, if I think about that for more than like 45 seconds, I'm like, I don't want that. That's disgusting. I don't want to, I don't want to be in people's minds. It's in there. So I'm going to go with, all right. So I'm going to go with something a little bit uh, out of the norm. And I'm going to go with the shoveler from Mystery Men. Because <laughs> he shoveled well. <laughs> I was not that, expecting that. Wow. That way, here's here's why. That way, I can still participate. And I'm technically still a superhero. But it's really low expectations. For me. <laughs> that is the best <laughs> answer. Wow. That was the best, like. William H. Macy call out that anyone could ever I was going to say, we were just talking about the price of, of plane tickets, and here's your opportunity for flight, and you just go in a completely yeah. different direction. No, here's why. If I had, if I was flight, and they would be like, listen, you, you're, we're going to have to get you to do this, and I'd be like, ah, nobody yeah. is going to the shoveler and saying, listen, you're going to have to stay yeah. in the universe. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, well, I guess we'll take this guy with us too, and I'd be like, yes. I'm part of the team. That's right. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's the best answer we've ever gotten. <laughs> That's incredible. That's one for the books, kids, for sure. Yes, it is. David, thank you so much for your time. Um, before you leave, run it over it again. When is it? Where is it? And how can people get tickets? August 5th through the 7th, uh, over the uh, in the downtown area. Go to fanboyexpo.com. You can either go straight to fanboyexpo.com or you can put the slash in there and go Knoxville, fanboyexpo.com, Knoxville. And uh, tickets are available. Fan packages are available. Autographs, photo ops, all that is available. Um, Or you can buy in person. You can do that. It's all available uh, all the way up until the time you walk up and, and redeem your ticket or buy your ticket. And then don't forget also... Uh, on Saturday night, we've got our, uh, our VIP party that is basically for everybody in uh, uh, Market Square and the, the Gigawatts, the house family plan. So we want to see everybody come out and uh, support the Gigawatts and, uh, and do some after party stuff with us. Have Maybe have an adult beverage and, uh, and an appetizer. Yes, we'll be there. We love the Market Square area. It's so great. It's yeah, great, absolutely. Great- it's a nice little thing that Knoxville has going for it. Uh, and also there's links in our bios and all of our social media um, for 30 and 30 podcasts that will send you to their website. So um, you can find information there, how to get tickets, follow fanboy expo on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the social medias and stay up to date with them. Thank you again, David. Uh, Thanks for having me guys. And we, uh, we hope to see you soon. All right. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. See you, David. Bye-bye. You're listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Tennessee Legend Distillery, and the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is a bad cast company production. Founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcast along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod or you can leave an email 30andnerdypod at gmail.com Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you nerds. I don't